Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, we are well in the throes of football season now. Yes. Big game tomorrow. Yeah, South Carolina plays Alabama. Wow. This is our shot. This is it. <clears throat> this is, our, this is your chance, man. Statement game of the year. Y'all can be a hero or a zero. zero that's right. So uh, the line's, you know, double digits. So at least it's not triple digits. I yeah. guess there's never been that's, a triple digit game. That's right. Well, that'll be interesting. Clemson plays Syracuse. At Syracuse. Georgia has an easy game. Uh, Arkansas State. And then Georgia Tech plays Citadel. Now, Georgia Tech used to be an option. Right. Which they're not anymore, but they probably know how to defend Citadel being an option team. So anyway, yeah. it'll be a fun it'll weekend. Fun weekend. Always is. The first half. Absolutely. Until three thirty on Saturday when the game it'll be starts. Time for to get Carolina. some more chips after that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, good weekends, we have a good a good lineup for you today. Um, we're going to talk about the fifteen money wasters. Fifteen and 15. a bonus. We got a bunch of them. We got a bonus one. We, we have a bonus one. We're going to throw in there. Though, yeah. All right. Yeah. We're always talking about ways to save money. We're big on that here at Money MD, and uh, this is no different. I mean, with some of these you've heard before, but yeah. <laughs> you know, we got some new ones, I promise you. Yeah. Uh, these are very interesting. And then we're going to follow that up with four stats on how to uh, uh, how bad America is at financial literacy. Yeah, that's right. We talk about this periodically as well. And um, there's some things that stand out. I mean, I, you know, we, we're big proponents of education, particularly in schools, high schools, and um, still not sure why all the high schools are not teaching this to our seniors and juniors as they go out into the world, because 100% of people have to deal with money. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it should be one of the core competencies that is taught in high school. Unfortunately, it's not. And people have to learn the hard way. And, you know, corporate America is out there trying to teach your kids how to spend money on credit cards. So, you know, they, they have to learn the alternative way to that's handle right. it properly. <clears throat> and um, that's what we're here to try to help teach. So very interesting stuff. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 24 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can uh, also just listen to it from your computer at your home or whether you're jogging or vacation or whatever. Love to uh, have you join us. And uh, you can also go to our website. A lot of good information on our website, calculators. We have some forms out there for you. Uh, Facebook page as well. We put some posts out there periodically and a Twitter handle, MoneyMD. Yeah, you don't want to miss those forms, right? That's right, man. The forms are good. They're <laughs> good. really good. Budget hey, forms. We'd, and We'd love to hear from you, too. We got You can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. We'd love to have your questions. Um, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And, Steve, one of the stats, and, um, you know, it's not necessarily in the, the discussion later, but uh, 45 million Americans owe $1.5 trillion in student loan debt as of the end of June. My goodness, that it's, is a lot of money. It has more than doubled in the last 10 years, and it, it's an epidemic. And I know it why is. it's being talked political. Uh, I think we all have some, you know, some, uh, some skin in the game on this, whether it's uh, high schools not teaching stuff, colleges accepting so many people in, in majors that can't get jobs. 
right? I mean, there's a lot of lot there of issues is. out there. There is. Um, so it's something that needs to be talked about, and um, it's it is it's it's a it's it's bad. It's out of control, really. You know, I mean, I just sat down with somebody this week, you know, and they're in the mid 40s, still have a significant amount of of college loan debt. And uh, so it just goes on forever and really stifles their 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 chances of getting ahead and, and really setting themselves up for the future. Um, and I put a lot of the blame at the kind of the feet of the universities, you know, in the university system um, where, you know, affordable education never has taken root, even with online education well, being surprising. as prevalent as it is. You know, they charge more than ever, and half the classes now are online mm-hmm. at the major universities. And, you know, you still can't get an online education that, that is a lot cheaper. Yeah, I think it's also understanding that you're getting into a major, there's a limited job market, and there's going to be a limited salary. And, you know, $100,000 in student loan debt doesn't match up with a $30,000 salary, and we see people doing that frequently. Exactly. So when you're, when you're sending your kids to college, make sure they're getting an effective education. Make sure they're... They're getting an education where they'll be able to get a job that will more than pay for any loans they get when they come out of college and look for ways to cut down the loans, you know, look for ways to, to make it more affordable, like going locally for a mm-hmm. couple of years. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's a great way to get started and figure out what you really want to do and save a bundle of money before you you go off for maybe your last two years of, of school. So uh, just just be wise there. All right, and that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is the 15 Money Wasters. This is an article um, by Richard Quinn out of Market Watch and recently. And, John, you know, I mean, us humans, we often can't tell the difference between needs and wants, and we're unable to, to delay gratification for even a little while, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, the author here, I mean, from his lofty perch of, of you know, a lifetime of thrift and kind of his gray hair, I mean— he seems to really have a unique perspective on how to save money here. And we've all heard the reports that most Americans, they live paycheck to paycheck. Large number can't even come up with a $400 emergency fund, um, you know, for an emergency. They have no money for that, <clears throat> um, which leaves, you know, certainly no money to save for retirement or other goals out there. And most of the data comes from surveys where people are, in effect, saying that they don't have enough income. That's what people kind of point to as the problem when, in effect, it, it's you, the problem really is a spending problem. It's really a money management problem. Um, you know, most stores, fitness centers, entertainment venues, they're packed with shoppers, and many of them just really can't afford it. They're buying unnecessary goods and services, you know, and three-quarters of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, um, you know, and they just can't they just can't spend like this. And you know, you don't see Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, you know, at, at, at any of these local spas. Because they had their own. Because <laughs> they had their own spa in their house, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether yeah, but... Quinn, Quinn was coming on that one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but for sure, people are spending money they don't have. Yeah, most Americans live like no, no nobody else on earth. I mean, bigger stuff, more stuff, larger vehicles, houses. Shoes. I mean, you, people can't tell the difference between needs and wants, um, necessities and desires, and we're not able to defer gratification. And all this leads to one conclusion. You know, most people are unable to control spending or manage money. So we've got 16 things um, that are, you know, really big money wasters. And some of these you may have heard before, but some of them are new. 
Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've cut it down to the the main 15 here. I think you're going to throw in a bonus, maybe. First one here on the list, though, is an interesting one, you know, and this is a good one since, I mean, this is all the rage for young people nowadays, and that is tattoos. You don't have a tattoo? I don't have a tattoo, yeah. John. You know, I'm not... I'm, when I look in the mirror, it's ugly enough. I don't want to make any uglier. Well, I think tattoos get... are supposed to make you cool and hip, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe. I have a few spots I'd cover up maybe if I had choice. <laughs> but, uh, you know. You'd probably get a tiger paw, wouldn't you? <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> cover up some of those, oh, I don't good. know, yeah. spots. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you have to ask the question. I mean, what's it going to look like when you're in your 60s? <laughs> uh, I mean, I see some folks that got one back in the hip regeneration, you know, yeah, back in my just, day. You can't tell what it is. <laughs> it just looks like dirt. <laughs> it just doesn't look good. So uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe someday they'll come up with temporary ones. I mean, that's yeah, that's really what needs to happen. But anyway, the point here is, yeah, a good ad, or, or tat, a good art tattoo artist charges about two hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, so it's not cheap. I don't think they come off easy either. I don't. Know I that. don't <clears throat> think. I think taking it off is more expensive than putting it on because <laughs> it's like the laser thing, you yeah. know. And so I hear it's pretty painful too. So. Uh, so that's number one. Next one here, though, is vacations, John. And I mean, hey, everybody needs a break. I'm all for a great vacation. Um, but you don't need to go to the, like, tuition-level debt to have a good time. I mean, your kids are going to survive if you don't ever, you know, uh, experience Magic Kingdom as a kid. Um, so you got to keep the vacation budget reasonable and, and, you know, have a budget that fits your situation. So, but yeah, I mean, vacations are important, but you got <laughs> to keep right. it, got to keep it reasonable. Don't let it follow you back home. Right? Exactly. <clears throat> the third one here on the list is college. We just talked about this, uh, affordability. I mean, you can actually, you know, there are ways by taking uh CLEP college level exam prep courses, dual enrollment, AP courses, going local, living at home, working. I mean, you, you know, the list goes on and on. Dave's organization is actually coming out with a book by Anthony O'Neill on how to graduate without any debt. And so be careful with college. Um, you don't have to get the most prestigious school or even a state school. Uh, that's a way that you can save significant money. Yeah, as we just talked about on the financial fact of the week, that's a big one. Um, another one here, though, is restaurants, eating out, um, you know, or even buying just $4, you know, lattes. Um, it's expensive and Wait for it. It's also a luxury. Mm. It's not oh, a need. On, I'm afraid so, man. You can make that stuff at home, and it's a lot cheaper. So skip the four dollar latte. And after thirty years, you will have you will have amassed more than one hundred twenty one thousand dollars in savings, assuming just a six percent per year return on that on that four dollar a day. It's expensive latte. coffee. It's expensive. Yep. So next one here is opportunities lost. I mean, most people don't really think about what they could have done with that money that would have made an impact on them long term. Um, but, you know, we do it every day. I mean, losing opportunities by failing to take advantage of our employer match and our 401k plan or not investing in a tax free Roth IRA, um, failing to fully fund a, a health savings account if you qualify to that, but to pay for medical expenses with pre-tax dollars. And withholding too much from our paycheck even, you know, and giving the, the federal government essentially an interest-free loan to the IRS. So, you know, opportunities is another another item where uh, people, people waste money. The next one here is transportation. You know, you don't need to drive a $50,000 pickup truck to get from point A to point B. If you can afford it, you know, God bless you, that's great. But 
you know, me and my brothers grew up in like a 68 Impala, you know, we passed down between yeah, us. Yeah, it's a classic now. <laughs> it was a classic. We, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a big old tank of a car. And, uh, but it was pretty cheap transportation, you know, I mean, especially after my brother wrecked and we rebuilt it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, don't drive your retirement, as Dave Ramsey says, by going in the debt and making some kind of ridiculous payment each month for your vehicle. And another money waster is credit card interest. I mean, people that are living paycheck to paycheck usually doesn't even include what they put on credit cards that aren't paid off every single month. And, um, you know, the average interest rate is about 16%. It's a big number. And if you get into that cycle, it, it'll bring you down. Yeah, you can be paying twice for the items you put on your credit card if you if you pay on their schedule and don't accelerate the payments and let that 16% or 18% start eating into your your uh, <clears throat> your budget. The next one here is lotteries, John. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sad fact that the lowest income groups spend the most on lottery tickets, wasting hundreds of dollars a year. It's about the same as the $400 emergency fund that they don't have. Um, so, you know, not to worry, though, 60% of millennials think that winning the lottery is part of the wise investment strategy, according to a recent study. Mm, they hadn't been listening to us. They have or not. Dave. They I have not. I heard Dave, have a, Dave had a rant on it. Did he? Last Just week, recently? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <clears throat> unfortunate. People really think that they have a good chance of winning. It's sad. Um, all right. The next one here is clothing. Oh, careful. John, ouch. Yeah. I mean, new houses now have walk-in closets that are better than the bigger than the kitchen in most older houses. Mm. Um, the average adult spends $161 a month on clothing, which is pretty remarkable. That's a lot of money. It is a know? lot. Yeah, so we're obsessed with keeping up with the latest fashions, um, and sure, nobody, you know, sees us in the same clothes twice, heaven forbid. Um, you know, I mean, if you're like me, I mean, you certainly have clothes hanging in your closet that you haven't worn in a couple of years, so maybe it's time to get serious about what clothes we really need. That's a good one. It is a good one. The Painful. next one is shoes, similar. Uh-oh. So I didn't write this. <clears throat> Be but, careful. But the uh, average American woman owns 25 pairs of shoes. <laughs> Be careful, John. How many pairs of shoes do you Tammy have, Steve? Might, Tammy might be listening. I probably have 10 pairs. 10? Okay. I probably have <laughs> less than that. Probably seven. Yeah, eight. right, right. I have some of those I should throw away. <laughs> yeah, 25 pairs. I just don't. That's one thing I, as men, most men don't understand shoes, but, you know, you just get it yeah. because, you know, we don't get it. So We um, don't get it. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, shoes, you got to be careful with shoes. You can spend a lot of extra money on them. Yeah, it can rack up, and some of those designer shoes are really, really expensive. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, next one here is failing to look ahead. Henry Ford said, thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably the reason why so few people engage <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. He had a point there. Yeah. It, it can be hard. So you got to look ahead. You got to do some planning. I mean, we often marvel at people that spend so little time thinking about retirement. I mean, after working 30 or 40 years, they reach retirement, they have no plan, they're shocked, and then they find out they can't live on Social Security alone. So, I mean, planning for retirement early in your career, it's essential for your financial security. And it isn't that hard. I mean, you just have to get started, you have to have a plan. So failing to look ahead is one of those. Another big waster, though, is not having a backup plan. Um, now, John, we all know people that are kind of fanatic, you know, when it comes to planning. Um, you know the type of person who has backup plans for the backup plan, mm-hmm. 
right? And that's a great person to have around, you know, in fact, they really help you think ahead. Um, but it's always better to be overprepared than underprepared. Most people aren't like that, unfortunately. Um, so regardless of what type of personality you have, you need to have some backup plan for contingencies when things don't work out. You know, have a plan B. Um, you know, it's this not having a plan B is the same as not having an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. I mean, without it, you're going to be forced to pull out the credit cards when the hole gets and then the hole gets deeper and deeper. So um, you got to have some contingency plans. That's just part of good financial planning. And then next one here is holidays. Um, somehow every December, uh, financial caution goes out the wind, <laughs> wind and goes out the window with the wind, and we pay for it for the following year. Um, you know, one of our pet peeves is to see people with these <laughs> – <laughs> well, this is his pet peeve. See people with these inflatable characters on the lawn. Do you have those at your house? Are you sure? Can't say that, that I've had those. offense to it? Right. <laughs> yeah, this is his pet peeve here in the article. They are pretty tacky, I have to admit. Oh, come on. The big blow-up things. Bah, hey, humbug. down my street, it's pretty popular, you know? Is I mean, it? there's half of my street is really tackyville down there. You know, come Christmas time. And I'm always amazed to see that some of the best light shows are at neighborhoods where they can least afford it. Yeah. You know, I mean, they just have lights everywhere. And you have to think, my goodness, how much did it cost to put all those lights up? Yeah. And it, it, and it can be expensive, just like toys. That's I mean, true. One study showed the U.S. parents spend $6,500 on toys during a child's upbringing. I mean, you know, I remember our kids, we would buy them a toy, but then we would pull out a pot or a pan and give them a wooden spoon and they would beat the snot out of there that There you thing. go. Yeah. And that was more more exciting than whatever we just, you know, bought. So be careful. You can spend a lot of money. You know, back in the day, we used to have uh, fun shooting pop bottles or lights. Did lights. You, lights you shot lights. We didn't shoot lights. You I, shot I, lights. I, did. I think my brother did. Man, that my was brother mean. is Jay. So I'm throwing I hope him under he the got bus. in trouble for that. I think he did. I think he did. I think probably, he learned his lesson. I shot cars too, right? <laughs> no, I don't think he did that. Maybe <laughs> but, my younger brother. But yeah, we used to have a lot of fun with BB guns too. They were pretty cheap back then. All right. And the last one here on the list is haircuts. Um, average haircut reportedly costs, and this is for men, I guess. Ooh. $28.30. That's in probably a, a deal. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a deal. You know, many men, um, they pay a lot more nowadays. Um, however, um, most now prefer like a salon. Mm. And uh, yeah, so he, you know, anyway, I mean, yeah, I still use like a, a cheap yeah. barbershop, you know. I mean, just because of the convenience, I can walk right in. I have to make an appointment. So, so I've got a bonus one. What's that? Golf clubs. Oh, ouch, ouch. Now, you've Big done it. Big money waster. I mean, does it really help your game, Steve? Do you you've make more putts it. by getting that expensive putter? I mean, really. I've done that. I've gone and got better clubs, and my game just hasn't improved. So Maybe it's you, John. I'm just – I think it is me. It's not the equipment. I think it is. I think it's, it's – you're right. It's not the equipment, although you do need something. I mean, you can't be using a persimmon driver and think that you're going to, like, keep up. My with... Walmart putter has served me – well, not really. hadn't served me too well, but it's, you know. <laughs> it is cheap. I I'll give you that. All right, let's let's face it. Golf is an expensive sport. It Find is. a new hobby if 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 there's if you want to save money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the you. truth of the matter. All right. Well, good list there, and that brings us up here to the question of the week. Yeah, this question is has to do with investing. My wife is a stay-at-home mom. Can I save in a Roth IRA for her? Uh, she doesn't have any income, but it is called a spousal uh, IRA. So yes, you can. Um, in 2019, it's six thousand dollars. 
uh, under the age of 50 and over 50 and over, it is 7,000. So yes, you can save for your spouse. Yes, you can. As long as you have earned income, That's right, enough right. earned income to cover it. But, uh, and as long as they're age, uh, what, 70 and a half, got to be younger than 70 and a half. So there you go. Good question of the week. And that leads us up to our next topic here. And that is the, the four stats that reveal how America is failing at financial literacy. Yeah, this is from uh, Danny uh, Pascarelli, uh, personal finance contributor to this article. And, um, you know, Steve, I mean, this is really a, a big issue. We, we talk about it a lot, and we certainly go out and talk to young people as well. But, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time and money on, and effort on getting a job, but very few of us pay a lot of attention to managing money once you get that job. And having a solid plan for your money is is often more important than actually how much you're making. Um, so, you know, we've worked with young professionals who are making six figures but are drowning in credit card debt and they're spending more than they make. We talked about last week the the uh, goldfish principle, right? As you get more money, you're, you increase your standard of living versus, you know, taking some of that and putting it towards your goals. So we've also worked with clients who are earning a very modest salary, um, but they have emergency funds taken care of. They're debt-free. Um, no consumer debt. They're investing for retirement and goals. So why doesn't more income translate into a better financial situation? And uh, the most common difference between these two type, types of people is just education and understanding what they should and shouldn't do. So um, this is a major issue. It is a major issue. And, you know, I mean, overall, people want to to make good financial decisions that set them up for success both today and in the future. But most never have had opportunity really to learn about it. And they don't really know what the first steps are and, and what to do in, in, in financial situations. I mean, case in point, two-thirds of American adults can't pass the basic financial literacy test, according mm-hmm. to a recent study. And, I mean, financial literacy is such a major social issue that our government has designated the month of April as National Financial Literacy Month for more than a decade now. Unfortunately, you don't really hear about it that much. You <laughs> no, know, you don't. It's, it's not, not publicized in the media. So, I mean, it's out there, but uh, people don't really take it seriously. Um, but just how bad is financial literacy in our country? Well, I mean, here are four alarming stats that could drastically improve with the right education that really point out the issue. Yeah, the, the first one is is 44% of Americans don't have enough cash to cover a $400 emergency uh, the median out-of-pocket um, unexpected medical expense alone is $1,000, which means half of our country is just one accident away from being hit with a bill they can't afford to pay. And um, But what about a major setback like getting fired? The loss of a job would be devastating to anyone with less than $400 in the bank, obviously. The U.S. unemployment is, is obviously low, but this strong job market's not going to last forever. Um, so understanding that uh, you got to have an emergency fund to kind of give you some protection and um, not only decrease the amount of credit card debt uh, that we see in this in this country, but um, you got to focus on budgets as well. You know, budget is one of the key key tools to use this. But four hundred dollars, um, most people can't. About half the country can't uh, afford that. Um, the second stat is forty three percent of student loan borrowers are not making their payments and. As a nation, we're more educated than ever. Master's degrees are common, um, as common today as a bachelor degree was back in the 1960s. But it's no secret that education is more expensive than ever. Or, and you know, graduates are, are struggling to pay back their loans. I think the average is about thirty-seven thousand is the average um, student yeah. loan debt. So, 
tuition. Uh, we talked about this earlier at four, four year institutions has increased, uh, over 200% in the last 30 years. And nearly half of the 22 million Americans with federal student loans are either behind on their payments or they've received permission to postpone payments due to some type of economic hardship. So, you know, students need to get a better understanding of what the repayment plans look like um, after graduation so they can make educated decisions about the degrees they're seeking. They need to have, there needs to be front end counseling on this. Absolutely. You know, they have on uh, reverse mortgages, you have to go through education and some, some, some classes, if you will, before you do a reverse mortgage. That would be the same thing with this. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it really ought to be with credit cards, too, because that's the next item on the list here. 38% of U.S. households have credit card debt, you know, so 38% of households are are buying things on credit. The average credit card debt, $16,000 with an average um, interest rate of 16.47%. So, Mm. ouch. I mean, and then that means if it took 10 years to pay off their balance, they would hand over another $16,700 $16,700 in interest to the credit card issuer, which is more than twice what they initially spent. So over 100% interest over the course of paying that off over 10 years. And of course, most people never pay it off, right? They just continue to add to it. They pay a little bit off. They continue to add to it. And it's just a running balance they keep. They never get ahead and they're paying that interest forever, mm-hmm. John. So it, it really is a systemic problem that is getting bigger and bigger and most people are completely unaware that they're paying so much in interest or that there are are some strategies out there to help you know reduce that and you know like dave ramsey's strategy of the snowball right to pay off to pay off debt the debt snowball pay off the smallest balance first and follow that up with the next one and keep snowballing those payments so the payment gets bigger and bigger you know and you're putting more and more against the principal on your debts till they're all paid off. And if you do that, I mean, it really pays off a lot faster than most people realize. Yeah. So Yeah, the last one here is uh, saving for retirement. About 56% of American adults have saved less than $10,000 for retirement. Um, you know, considering the fact that, you know, many Americans will need, you know, 500000 700000 a million dollars to retire. And millennials who are, you know, many, many years from retirement, need significantly more than that. So on top of that, you know, people are living longer, healthcare costs are constantly on the rise and the uh, social security trust fund, you know, is, uh, is going to have to have some changes to it as well. So you can't count a hundred percent on social security. It's not enough to live on. So, so people really need to fully understand how much money they'll need, how to con- how compound interest works, you know, starting later, isn't it as appealing when you see the numbers broken down and the hundreds of thousands of dollars that you lose by waiting. So, um, there are some things that you can do. I mean, if you're an adult listening to this, you may have kids or grandkids that you can start to impact and teach. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so where do we go from here? I mean, only five states have a personal financial uh, education requirement in high school. Um, so, you know, if we're not ready to, to bring financial education in a classroom, then responsibility is going to fall on individuals and parents to educate themselves and their kids And, you know, the problem, of course, is that most people don't realize how important it is to learn about money management until it's too late and when they can't afford to retire or when they're already in in a lot of debt. Um, So we're a big proponent of, you know, teaching kids about financial literacy in high school. And, um, you know, uh, parents really have to take it upon themselves to to help their kids Mm -hmm. 
you know, become educated because yeah. um, it's just not going to happen by accident. No, that's right. So we we actually, our, our company sponsors, Dave Ramsey, has a, a curriculum. It's called Foundations in Personal Finance in High Schools. And in this upcoming year, Greenbrier is doing it out of Augusta, um, Midland okay. Valley, North Augusta, Aiken High School, South Aiken High School, Paul Knox Middle School, and then I think Jackson Middle as well. So there are some local schools that are starting to teach this class. So if you have a high schooler yeah, or even a middle schooler, start asking for that curriculum. It's um it's a great course and um uh, you know it's 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 gonna give them the skills and the knowledge when they get out and graduate. So Yeah, and you've been a big proponent, John, of, of instru- uh, instrumental in getting that started in those schools and that's awesome. Um and for young people we really encourage them to go through a, a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class, yep. you know. Um get you on the same page, you know, if you're just married maybe for you and your spouse, so that you really have a vision of what what how debt can hurt you and what getting ahead can do for you. How mm-hmm. you can live like no one else so later on you really can live like no one else. Um so you just got to educate yourself if you haven't gotten that education along the way. Um, you got to get yourself in position where you know how to make smart decisions about your money yep. moving forward. So financial education is very, very important to your future and your kid's future. All right. Good topic. And that leads us up here to our final thing, which is the prescription of the week. So this is for small business owners out there. And Steve, I know, you know, we both talk to small business owners, you know, frequently and help them with their retirement. But one thing that, that I always see struggling with is, you know, a lot of times these um, small business owners, it's just them, right? Right. And so the question is, is how do you monetize your your business, your asset that you've created? You have all this knowledge, you have a database of, um, you know, contacts and so forth. And you got to figure out when you do retire, you got to start planning on that five to seven years out. How are you going to sell your business or bring someone in to take over, you know, the business? Because if you just walk away, the value goes away. Right. So you got to do some planning and thinking and and whether it's talking with advisors or, um, you know, CPAs or or lawyers or whatever, you need to, there's assets and value in a lot of small businesses. They're just not, they don't have a plan to turn that into income and retirement. Yeah. You got to have a plan because if you wait till you have some health issue or something happens and you're trying to sell it in a rush, you know, or your wife is stuck with it, trying to sell it if something happens to you then it's going to be a fire sale and you're not going to get anything for it. You're going to be just selling a few assets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same thing. If you, do, if you if you do some planning and you have a solid exit strategy, have a strategy for, for selling it or have a buy-sell, if you have partners, that kind of thing, um, or have, you know, ch- children in the business maybe, you know, the takeover, um, then you preserve that that value and you get to pass it down from generation to generation or at least to your spouse. So you want to do some some serious planning if you're a small business owner. Make sure your hard-earned, you know, assets that you've created and and by the way of a business and goodwill and all that doesn't just go up, you know, in smoke whenever uh, something happens. Yep. So good prescription of the week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net. Or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one.
This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.